Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to a very special Disney at Play podcast. We are privileged to have a very special guest with us today. You know, we have been talking about our Wayfinder Society, and it's our new Patreon page, and we've talked a little bit about the um, the value and the interactive experiences you receive when you um, join our Patreon group, but we haven't had a lot of chance to talk about uh, what uh, proceeds from this uh, society are going toward. And in particular, when I announced it um, a few months ago, I said that the first three months of proceeds from everything that was raised uh, from those who joined the Wayfinder Society would go toward helping embrace the celebration. Well, today I have a very unique former Disney cast member, individuals with uh, all the way from uh, Germany who worked at Epcot, who went on to the Disney Cruise Line, who lives in celebration, a leader who now has turned her life into serving others. And I wanted to share her story with you. It's a fascinating story. It's a very real story about struggle and challenges and difficulty. And we invite you to, to be our guest as we uh, meet with Bettina this evening. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's start up. All right, I am so pleased and privileged to have Bettina Grakowiak with us today. Um, and Bettina has an amazing story to share with us. And she has been part of the Disney experience. She is part of this home we call um, Kissimmee and Celebration in Central Florida and Orlando. And I'm just thrilled to, to have her with us today. Bettina, how are you doing? Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be on your broadcast. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, now, your uh, experience living here in Celebration began, I believe, in about 2007. But tell us what led you here to Orlando. Tell us about the early years. Okay, so um, I moved from Germany. I'm originally from Germany. I moved from Germany to Celebration, but I lived in America before. I moved to Celebration. Um, I married to an American. I met him in 1993. And um, yeah, and then I started at the Disney, uh, at Disney, Airport for the German Pavilion, 1995 was it? At the German That's, Pavilion. The German Pavilion is what brought you to, um, yes. to Orlando? Uh, yes, the first time, long time. For one year, I was in the culture program for mm. one year and I lived in Vista Way. Yeah, the, the Vista Way apartments, yes. <laughs> so who knows Vista Way knows it's a lot of fun, right? Especially in 90s was a lot of fun. <laughs> and and you probably had roommates from all over the world. Yes, at Vista Way we had in the past, I don't know how it is right now, also before COVID, um, we had 2000 students and uh, international uh, from the international program living over there from all over the world so my roommates came from norway mexico uh france england it was really amazing wow terrific and what was your yes. 
what were your roles there at, in Germany? But hold on, before we get there, so you you say you're from Germany, but you got to tell us where from Germany. Hanover um, is the north. Oh, Hanover, sure, sure, that's terrific. And um, and so, had you ever been to Walt Disney World before you came no. on this internship? Did no. You, what did you know about Disney? Just having seen some I, movies, or yeah, exactly. I just saw some movies. I did not know a lot. My English, I mean, my English is still not very good. So you can imagine 20 years ago, <laughs> I did not even know what potato means or what the restroom means. I did not know that. So, and I wanted to improve my English and I would like, uh, and I wanted to learn more about America. So, and that's why I sent my application to Frankfurt. And yeah, and then I got hired from Disney for a year. Um, so tell me about the interview process. How did you hear about the, how did you hear about the role and how did you, what was the interview like? So in Germany, they have this agency, the job agency, and, um, I wanted to go, um, to America to learn more about America and the language. And so I asked them if they have any job opportunities in America for Germans. And then they advised me to apply for Disney for the German pavilion. Mm -hmm. So, and then, yeah, and then I um, applied and first I got rejected because my English was not good enough. So oh. I thought, oh yeah, I was like, really like, no, it's not fair. So I called directly Disney in Florida and I talked to Annie Bergman and with my very bad English, but she had to laugh. <laughs> she had to laugh that I called all the way from Germany and complained that I got rejected <laughs> because of my English. So she asked me to send the um, resume directly to her, to America. So that's what I did. And then she invited me to an interview and she came um, also to Germany to interview people. And I think it was a lot of people who tried to get to, um, uh, to Disney. And so I had the interview with her in person. And of course I had a piece of paper, a pen, and I draw everything what I wanted to say. So she understood me and she laughed a lot. <laughs> Laughed a lot, and then I got hired. Yeah, that is so crazy that you just just ignored the process and went right to uh, right to Disney to to exactly. see if you could get a job. You know what? That describes you completely. That really does. I love it. I didn't want to give up. You know, <laughs> you haven't given up at all. That's for sure. Now, so so now you're now you're at Walt Disney World. Is this your first time in the United States? Oh my God! Yes. And uh, I was overwhelmed. Mm. It was like, it was Culture amazing. So, it was amazing. So when I came into the apartment, I think it was a 1906 uh, or 1306 apartment. I should take my Disney book with me <laughs> where everybody writes in something. Uh -huh. So, um, and I remember I was so tired because our flight was so long. Mm. And I had to, I, I shared my room with somebody from Norway and she just arrived as well. So first of all, the first challenge was to make my bed because I do the bed a different way than in Germany. Mm. They do it with uh, bed sheets. Now there's two bed sheets and between you have the, what is that called? The, Blanket? Yes. Yes. So and we don't do it in Germany this way. And I'm like, how do they do that? So <laughs> after a while, I figured it out. <laughs> I was very young at the time. Huh? I was 20, 21. Sure. So, and then I figured it out and I was so tired. So I fell asleep so deeply 
And then I think at 10 o'clock in the night, I was woken up this yodeling, singing, and I opened my eyes and 20 people were standing in front of me <gasps> and screaming, singing. That was a welcoming from the Germans. So already all the Germans who was there, they went from apartment to apartment to, um, to say to hi to you. the newcomers, right? So they knew ah. that they were sleeping because they had a long trip. So they knew <laughs> that he would be tired. <laughs> oh my God, it was like, so I had to get up. In my deep mm. sleep, I had to get up and I had to follow them to the next apartment to wake the next German up and welcome them. So it was really fun, the experience, yeah. <laughs> so it was one of the best time of my life because we had a lot of fun. It was like a, like a family, you know? Yeah. So what was your first role at Disney? So we had to, uh, the first two weeks was, um, so we had to learn a lot of things, the first two weeks. Um, and after the two weeks, we started uh, in the beer garden. So mm -hmm. we had to do the, uh, the bratwurst, uh, different kinds of roles. Every station we had to go through it. And uh, I think the last six months we worked in the beer garden and we did also training classes. So when new Germans arrived, we trained them. But we had to go to a schooling to get the trainer uh, license. So we did, we did all the rules in the German pavilion to learn. Okay, now that you're no longer with Disney, we can ask you this question. Just how good is the food at uh, Oh my, we don't can compare it with German, of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course, you can, it's like day and night, but it's okay. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> so did you have some other roles in uh, 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 while you were there besides uh, working uh, uh, Oktoberfest. Um, no, the beer garden, Oktoberfest, training, we train people. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that was all. It's only one it, year, 12 months is so fast. I imagine. I imagine. What, what, um, now you also had an opportunity while you were there because um, the program really involved taking classes and, and yeah. learning. Do you remember any of those, anything that you really learned from that experience or anything that really stood out from that? Yeah, so what I learned and what I like to do is um, you try to make people happy. And mm -hmm. even when you have grumpy people coming in, and that is also a lot, people who complain a lot or when they are tired or the kids crying. So you make sure that they leave the restaurant or wherever you are, that they leave with a smile. And that was mm. always a challenge and I liked doing it. So I, mm. it's amazing how you try to um, give the guests the best experience. Do you have, yeah, do you have any customer service experiences that really stand out or anything where it was really tough for you or? or... Oh, <laughs> yes, I had something very tough. Uh, it was like, a, older gentleman and he didn't want to get seated next to somebody who um had a different look than he uh, does. no kidding wow me, yeah it was very difficult i went to my supervisor because i did not know what to do in this moment because i didn't want to serve him but then my supervisors told me bettina if you don't serve him then you will be the same like he is so just try to please him in this moment but show him also a different way so i served him of course and he was an older gentleman so mm. that was so a little bit difficult 
that was, yeah, that was a little bit difficult for me to do, but yeah. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah. so, um, you, so you went through this year long experience doing this in Germany and, um, and you got to know Disney. What did you learn? What, what was it about Disney that you took away from that experience working, um, at Epcot? Yeah, that you are always kind and nice and helpful. And um, so soon you have your costume on, it's showtime. No matter what for prompts you have, um, you try to give your best and, yeah, and be kind and helpful to everybody. So this was, I'm sorry, you said this was 95? That was 95. 95. So you come, you come to the end of 95 and what, what happens then? So yeah, then it was like uh, our program was finished. So we got our um, report card and then you get sent back because you only have a Q1, a Q1 visa, I think it was. And then you have to go back to Germany, right? So you have your mm -hmm. resume, you learned it. And um, it was difficult because at Disney, every, every day was happy day. So we mm -hmm. had always fun. We didn't have to worry about anything because we had transportation, insurance, so it was just fun time with everybody there from the, the people you met. So and then you come home and gray, cold, raining. <laughs> so different <laughs> than in Florida, right? So it was a little bit difficult. So and then I wanted to go back to the Disney Cruise Line. So I sent my resume to the Disney Cruise Line. And, and at so, this point, so people know that the cruise line had not opened up. We were just preparing no. the first ships, the right. magic and the wonder at this time. Yes. So, so people had not even experienced the Disney cruise line yet. No. So, no. yeah. So, so tell us about how you, how you got involved there. Yeah. So the magic was built first. So I got the job for the magic, but I had to cancel because a friend of mine, he in Germany, a very good friend of mine, he got in trouble. And he was asking me if I can help him. I said, of course. So then I helped him to get uh, settled. He wanted to be uh, self-employed. So I helped him with that. So I canceled the magic. But it was breaking my heart because I really wanted to go back. And I really had a good time, 95, 96 with Disney. So and then the wonder was built. So of course, I sent my application again. And um, so they hired me again, like this, like, no, I didn't need to make any tests, nothing. They just hired me on the spot. Even 900 people was there to five, wanted to get a job. And they spoke way better English than I did. <laughs> but so <laughs> I was like, so I got hired again. And yeah, so we went to Venice because the ship was built in Venice, the Wanda. And yeah. And, then... <laughs> and what did you do? What did you do to help with the building of the ship? What was your no, role? no, I didn't help building the ship. We was there well, before the ship uh, would go on sea because uh, we had to get schooling, seminars, training classes, because you had to learn so much, first aid, wine classes, and oh my God, so many classes you have to take um, when, you, uh, when we started there. And, but then I had, a, I had a boyfriend at the time, and he needed my help. <laughs> Me it was my help all the time. So he was in a really big trouble over there in America and he asked me to come to help him. And so I talked to my supervisor who hired me on the spot the second time, right? Mm -hmm. So and I explained to him my situation and he told me, um, 
is they tried to keep me on the ship for three days. They didn't give me my passport back because they really tried to convince me to stay. Mm. And but at the end, they let me go 20 minutes before the ship was sailing um, to the open sea. And it was mm. very sad. I mean, I was facing the unknown, right? I did not yeah. know what I will face in Atlanta, in America. So, and it was really difficult. I was standing in the harbor and watching the cruise line ship sailing to the open sea. And I really cried. I was really sad about it. But I needed to do it because somebody had needed me. And uh, so I went to Atlanta mm. instead to be staying for the next nine months at the Disney Cruise Line Wanda. So uh, forward us through that chapter because this is so this is so typical of you, Bettina. I think you <laughs> just have this ability to follow your heart, even though yes. it requires sacrifice on your part. Yeah. And so, and so as uh, you're, you're now coming back to the United States and you're in Atlanta. Oh yeah. It was like, Ooh, so, um, my boyfriend at the time, um, he was a wrestler for WWE and he lost his job because of his struggles. He had an addiction. I did not know about it at the time when I stopped mm -hmm. for the Disney cruise line. So when I went and uh, arrived in Atlanta, he was at the ECW at the time for a weekend. So I arrived in Atlanta. He had a big house at the time because he just, he worked for the WWE, but he just lost the job. So he went to the ECW. And when I arrived in Atlanta, the house was big. And when I came into the house, I got a shock because all the windows was covered with bed sheets. It was very dark, very dirty. And I'm like, oh my God. So um, yeah. Yeah, and then he came uh, after two days when I was alone there and I was trying to clean everything up. So he came. So I did not know what for an addiction he had. And my family did not know that I stopped the Disney Cruise Line and went to Atlanta. They still thought I was on the ship. So and then, um, yeah, and then after a couple of days, he told me that he has an addiction about cocaine. And I, 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 knew, I knew that he can get uh, off of it. He just needed a support system, right? So it was a long, hard fight, but we fought against the drug issue. So we faced a lot of challenges in Atlanta. I mean, he lost everything. He lost his house, his car, and we had no money. And we had to sell incense and candles. We walked on the street for two hours to set a blanket on the street to sell incense, candles for 12 hours to make $20 to buy something to eat. So um, we faced a lot of challenges at the time, but at the end, he, he got off the rock. So. Wow. Wow. That is really to think of what you left behind. Yeah. To literally, to literally, you know, be, be with this individual and help them through their darkest place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really hard. So. So now you're having to, it's not about taking care of you. It's helping him get out of his uh, uh, situation and digging all of, digging out of all of that. Yeah, it's uh, really a fight against the devil, you know? I mean, it was, because at the end, I was finding out he had a crack addiction. You know, it was not only cocaine, it was crack. So it was a really, really hard mm -hmm. fight. It was a really hard fight. 
And I, I mean, the wrestlers came to the house who was addicted as well and also very well known. He was clean for one or two days. And um, then another wrestler showed up and then they smoked crack again. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God. So I splashed down the toilet and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was a hard fight. But he got off. Wow. So what's so what's what's next then? Where do you where is your your life? So yeah, um, we moved then to Daytona Beach for one year. First, we got married in 2000 when he was clean for a year. So and uh, then we moved to Daytona Beach. I got pregnant and then he got a job in Japan as a wrestler, Noah Pro Wrestling. And I was very alone over there in uh, America in Daytona Beach. And I didn't have a driver license at the time. And my son was just born, so I asked him to go back to Germany, to my family. Mm-hmm. And so we moved to Germany, and he always traveled back and forth from Japan to Germany. Mm-hmm. So um, this time was one of the best times because we didn't have no worry about anything. You know, so, and then the WWE... And you, have a little, and you have a little child. Yes, it was amazing. I was a housewife, right? So I took care of my son. We had a nice place to live. My family was close by. Um, yeah, we didn't have no worries. Germany is very easy. I mean, you don't have to worry really in Germany, you know. And um, yeah, and then he got an offer from the WWE. And he was homesick after seven years living in Germany. He was homesick to go back to America. So and he said, oh, Bettina, I would love to go back to America. And WWE is giving me an offer. But WWE was not paying him as much as Japan. And... I was a little bit worried about the contract because I was reading the contract of WWE and I told him um, because normally WWE sold DVDs worldwide since 1993 and he didn't get no royalties. Never. So and I told him when he signs a contract, what they gave him, it could be that he will lose all the rights that he has to get paid from them one day. You know what I mean? So, but he was he, he said, no, I don't think they will do it. And I would like to go back to them and to America. So, of course, I follow him, right? Yeah. And I told him, okay, so let's let's try it. So we went to, he went uh, to Celebration. I told him I want to have a safe area. So I Googled. And then, of course, Disney built Celebration. And I love Disney, you know. <laughs> so I told him, okay, let's go and move to Disney, uh, to Celebration. And I asked him to go for a year by himself, and then we can travel back and forth to make sure it works out. So he went first, and um, he asked us all the time, please come back, please come over here to America. And then I gave everything up and moved with my son to a celebration. 2007 was it. So 10 months later, he got um, released from the WWE without getting shown on TV. It's the worst uh, thing that can happen to an entertainer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very bad. So we gave everything up in Germany, started over here with WWE, then he got released, not shown on TV, and they had the signature from the contract, right? And uh, so we lost everything. Again, the car, we had the apartment, we could not pay anymore. We, sa- we lived from our savings for the next year and a half. So, and he got depressed. Then he smoked weed a lot. Then he got a little bit abusive again, mentally. And um, it was really hard again. So I got a job from Disney again. So I was working um, at the Wave, at the um, Contemporary Hotel. 
but it was also in the nighttime at the, the wave weekend. restaurant yeah yeah as a server so but it was on the weekends in the nights and yeah and i had a bad um time at the time because of all that mental abusive and my son was uh, alone with my husband he was playing video games in the bathroom all day long and my mm. son was watching tv so i could not do that so i stopped at disney because i needed my my son needed me right so and then i was thinking what can i do where i can do my own hours but also support my family so and i didn't have no i didn't have no driver license by the way so my brother gave me a car for three thousand dollars so i gave it to my husband at the time because he had a driver license so he could drive it and i said okay we need to get into a garage apartment that's the first step that we have to do to save money so he didn't want to do it he said oh no everything will be okay i said no we have to we have to do it so we moved to a garage apartment and i got a job uh, in celebration uh, for housekeeping Mm -hmm. So, and I was working for a lawyer and I still have contact with her. It was my first client. It was 2009. She's amazing. And she moved <laughs> out of celebration already years ago. And mm -hmm. she lived now, she's living now, um, I say Lake Butler area. Okay. So yeah, she's amazing. So, and um, yeah, I worked with her every day. So I could pay my bills for my apartment and I got also other clients in it for the weekend so I could manage my living. But then it got too uh, extreme with my ex-husband because he he lived like a single life. So I had to separate myself from him because it was mm. toxic. Also toxic for my son to see, right? So right. yeah. What a long journey. That that's a lot of pain. And you're not yeah. even out of the weeds yet. So <laughs> Yeah, and I had no car, so I have to imagine single mom working and I'd, everything was my bike for four years. Four years. Let, let four me just years. tell you, anybody and everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you ever move to Central Florida, you have to mm -hmm. have a car. Because if you're depending on the bus system or some mass transportation bike. system, you are in big trouble. So how you managed with the bike, I don't know. But that you... is a good thing. My clients were all in celebration. Okay. So I drove with my bike all over in thunder, lightning, storm, rain, doesn't matter. And shopping, of course, then um, I called my husband sometime, my ex-husband at the time, still my husband, but we were separated. So I always tried to, to give her to try to get the relationship on a basic that we can talk because he has issues as well. And I understand his depression as well. Yeah. So he could keep the car. I took him also to cleaning jobs. So he helped me cleaning. So I paid him for it as well. He never paid child support because he don't have it. So how can I ask somebody to pay something when they don't have it? And I don't want to have make his life even more difficult than it is already, right? So we are now on, in good terms. We can talk. He lives now in Denver, Colorado. So he was here for a couple of days ago. And so it's, it's fine. I mean, I can talk to him. And I forgave him and he asked me also for forgiveness. So of course I forgive him, you know, and I wish him luck and everything only positive that everything happening in his life positive, you know, but I'm happy that I did the steps that we separated. I would not get together with him anymore because I'm in a, on a totally different journey than he is. But in the meantime, you're building a business in cel celebration. Yes. 
Yes, and um, yeah, I help people, families who need a support system. I'm trying so, to give hope, and you only can give hope when, when you have support, right? Yeah, so tell us how, I mean, clearly, one of the things that makes you so qualified for leading this effort is that you have truly walked in the shoes yes. of those being served. Yes. But at some point, it becomes, you know, a service. How did it become Embrace Celebration? So, um, yes, we. I had a. I have a vision, always on my heart, that there is so much to do, and that I have to do more. I think we, even when we go to hard times, I think this hard times say. They um, give us so much to learn because it's a learning journey where we are on. There, and there are opportunities to reflect and really exactly. think through things. Yeah. And I think all the struggles where we go into life that gives us also a chance to identify with other people, to be to empathize with other people, and give so much back. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to to give back. So, um, so you, so how did that, how did that become, how, how did that start? Because I mean, now it's, it embrace celebration is taking on many different forms and we'll talk about all the services, the things that you are trying to, to do, which blows but me away. Every time you talk to me, it's like, you've got another idea of something to do. I know. But, yeah, I know. I know so many ideas come to, uh, to me and I'm like, oh my God, that's overwhelming. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we, I had some friends, we had meetings and um, I shared with them my vision and they supported me. So they came up with me together for the mission statement and also with the name. And yeah, we did first little community events where we invited like the Rotary Club, Celebration, not Celebration Foundation, not, but um, the Rotary Club came and talked about um, what they do. Then we have entertainers singers, comedian. Um, it was only small groups who was meeting once a month at Town Hall in celebration. And then we brought awareness out also for people who struggled in celebration and helped them with lawn or with food delivery. So then one day, one of my clients gave me some clothes and asked me, uh, Bettina, do you know anybody you want to give the clothes to? And, and I always went before already, before Embrace was embraced, to the homeless people on the streets or in the woods um also in the past i did that so i took the clothes can i can i just stop there and paint a little image of what that looks like so okay so because most people who listen to this podcast love disney and they they see walt disney world and they stay on property and it's a very um it's a very perfect environment in many ways some people stay off property they may stay on i drive they may stay in 192 or in Lake Buena Vista or in other places. But over time, uh, over time, uh, hotels spring up and then other bigger hotels come along and then Disney builds their hotels. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of motels become, you know, kind of slide back in the shadows. They just, because there's just more hotels and hotels yeah. and hotels building. And so to stay alive as a motel, they start taking in people 
you know, who want a week long rent or two weeks or a month. And now it becomes almost a place for homeless. Yeah. And, and it, one of the, and so one of the casualties of all this growth is 192 us 192 yes. and it straddles celebration. It actually mm -hmm. bisects uh, the bottom of Walt Disney world, but it, yes. it, and, and so there's a west side of 192 and an east side of 192 yeah. that go in opposite directions of Walt Disney World. And, and there's a long conversation as why this has evolved into what it's become. But the long and short of it is, is we have, I mean, there are people who they are down and out. They don't know what to do with their lives. Yep. And they're saying, hey, you don't have a job. You don't have any money. You don't know where to go. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so the next thing you know, they're here. And and there are a lot of blue collar or service collar, not blue collar, service collar jobs where you are doing housekeeping or helping in a restaurant or something of that nature. But a lot of those jobs don't pay enough. Exactly. In fact, many, many yeah. of those people are below the poverty level um, that that we have defined poverty as in this country. Yeah. Um, and if you can, if you can, you know, get some roommates, or you, you have a spouse that's got a job, and you both got a job, you can kind of make it work. You know, you may have bad yeah. days, but you can kind of make it work. But if you're by yourself, or your spouse it's can't hard. work, it gets really hard. Yes. And one of the most tragic things I see are the school buses that stop along 192 I to know. pick kids for school yeah. who live in a motel and they're doing better than the ones who are living out in a forest and there yeah. are people who live out in a forest because they don't oh, they yeah. can't even they can't even yes. deal with the 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 hotel situation so yes. so this is now I don't I don't want to paint a bad image because we have this we have wonderful communities. There are great people who live in Kissimmee and, and down in Poinciana and in celebration. But among us are people who absolutely are struggling. Yes. And this was and this was before we had something called a pandemic. And yeah. then yeah. and then the pandemic came and it's uh -huh. like it's like this double whammy yes. because jobs were lost by yep. by the thousands. And and now people who were one bad day from disaster are now in an entire year of disaster. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you but you were connecting with this before even the pandemic came along. You yeah. Started, but but you saw it grow, didn't you? As yeah. as uh, as COVID came in and as jobs were lost, I, I imagine you saw it take on. Yeah. Yeah. Level. Yeah, what is so sad is we got some calls from a family, like this four kids, the youngest kid was four years old, and they were sitting in front of Pizza Hut uh, by Old Town in the mm -hmm. rain, cold, dark um, day, uh, evening. And they got the number from somebody on the street, from my number. So they called me and told me that they don't know what to do. So I, I went there 20 minutes later, and we put them in a hotel for a few weeks. And now they have an apartment, a job. And yeah, but, but, you know, we don't have the funds to do that. And I think it's getting more and more. We can do it sometimes, but I think the real storm is ahead of us. Mm. 
So I yeah, think no, I... way more families will be uh, evicted and on the streets too now. And in my faith, we've been dealing with it for for really a couple of decades now. Yeah. With people and you try to get them to a better place. Yeah. But it, it's really hard to get them it to is, a better place. We, don't have we have not affordable housing here. That's a problem. Because like you yeah. said, they all have minimum wage or under wage. And and the apartments, the cheapest one, cost thousand, two hundred, thousand, four hundred dollars. I mean, how can you pay it when you just make nine hundred dollars? So one if... of the one of the really bad places where this all just kind of combusted was the Star Motel. Can you talk about oh, yeah. what was going on there and and the situation? Yeah. So um, that was the first motel we went. The Star. Somebody told me about the Star, so I went to the Star Motel, and um, there was like I think fifty or sixty kids. And oh my God, they was dirty. The shoes was broken. Clothes was broken. So we set up fruit, vegetables, and simple food and water. And the kids came running out and was so happy to have an apple in his their hands or a bottle of water. Then a girl came to me and said, "Bettina, we didn't drink the whole day. Uh, can I have a bottle of water?" I thought, "Sure." And then uh, later on, they shut the power. Um, and the water off so it was like really really difficult a hard situation for all those families now they shut the star down and i think they will de de dem we just say called in english dem dem demolish demolish, demolish. Mm -hmm. yeah yes. i think that next step but i think it's very sad because there is like the cecile and also the star they have around 300 rooms and it's so sad that nobody was trying to remodel the rooms or invest some money in their to get trans, uh, transition homes because we need well, housing. If, if I'm correct, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I could be wrong on this, but during the pandemic, we said, okay, people are having a tough time, so you cannot exactly you, you cannot remove somebody from their their yes. apartment or, or their place of living. And and I get that because we don't want peop more people on the street. But at the same time, the Star Motel now could not could not, had no leverage. Yeah. No people didn't have money. Star Motel yeah. wasn't getting any money. Exactly. And so the Star Motel made a decision at one point where they were just going to turn off the utilities. Because they could not pay it. Nobody paid them. Yeah, exactly. And so now you have people without electricity and without exactly. air conditioning in the, in the heat of the yeah. summer. And it just, the whole thing literally exactly. kind of melted down. Yeah, and that, but I don't understand why there was not more help. You know, it doesn't matter uh, if they if they don't can pay, then somebody should not pay, uh, turn off the water or the power in the crisis. You know, and then it, it was like terrible. So I, I, but it's all politics. So I have no idea what's going on behind closed doors there. I just saw what I saw, and I thought it was not okay. But yeah, it's just my, is, you know. Yeah, this is this is kind of the. The, the struggle and then and then there was a fire that came out at uh, mm -hmm. uh on in January early January around the 11th and a fire started to burn down the building and so and so it, it's just it's it's been it's just yeah. been a very very difficult yeah, it was period. So now yeah and everybody was blaming the management but the management just started in December or January and then the fire happened and then the pandemic happened how could she it uh, bring the star back 
where it goes to when everything happens to the same time. She didn't have no chance to get it back on track. So it was really sad, but you know, no, I, don't I, know to, I, I don't want to just paint that everything's bad and it's all going down the pit because, yeah. because there are wonderful people doing wonderful things and, and, oh, and cool. you are a big part of that. So let's yeah, go to West 192. <laughs> Let's go to Weston 192 because you invited me. I had already gotten involved with you, but you said, oh, you got to come <laughs> when when we do Christmas. So tell mm -hmm. us about tell us about what's going on there. Yeah, so the, the backlot apartment, that was a motel and they converted in an apartment. It's like just a, like very small as a studio apartment where also two or three, four people live in a small apartment. And it costs $775 all included. It's private owned. But it's better than other hotels where you pay thousand four hundred for it, right? Yeah, so and I, I have to say, I was so confused when you said you gotta join me at the back lot. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> okay, we got rid of the back lot at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So why do you keep talking about the back lot? Is this someplace backstage at Disney? And so I was like, I, I, and I, let me tell you, I know 192, but th this name for the hotel was the back lot. And it was a fairly new name. So I wasn't familiar with it. I was familiar with, I, I have known of that motel for some time. But uh, but yeah, so you invited me to come and we loaded up gifts. Yeah, that, also uh, from Celebration Foundation and uh, yeah. Mama T. Holmes, right? Mama T. Holmes? They donated that it. That sounds yes. right. Mm -hmm. And we loaded them up and came over there and laid them all out and... Um, and, and <laughs> I guess I was the resident for that spoke the best Spanish because I got in charge of the table. I'm trying to find people on this registry, and what we had like a hundred families, it seemed. Yeah. Uh, on this list, and um, and so we start going through this, but this is what I noticed, and again, I've been around this a long time, so. What I noticed about the people who were standing there um, is these are families. Yeah. This isn't somebody who just stopped and dropped and, and came out, you know, a, as an individual. Although I know you are trying to reach out to those individuals as well. But the back lot, I really was impressed because in many cases, they're extended family members living together. Yeah. They are. Um, you know, one of the spouses has a job, the other one's trying yes. to take care of the kids, then they switch mm -hmm. and the other, it really was what, what really warmed my heart was seeing these families try to come together yes. to try to make it work. Yes. And, um, I was so impressed by this and you have, and there are lots of plans moving embrace celebration and and your work with uh the back lot and other yeah. um locations so tell us what your vision is moving forward okay so the back lot they gave us a room at the back lot office space so in this room we will uh, use as an office space for us so we go once a week with our administration and work with our paperwork and then once a month we will invite single moms we start with the single moms first to come to register with us and tell us what they need. Uh, clothes, furniture, or food delivery on a regular basis. And then we also direct them to other organizations who can help them. 
And um, what we all also want to do for the future, the near future, we want to do the Zoom meetings for tutoring for students. So students can help students. And yeah, that, that is in planning. And another organization is helping provide medical services um, there as well. Is that correct? Yeah, but that is not, that has nothing to do with Embrace. Right, but the, but but other organizations are helping to support yeah. this overall they have, effort. They have, a, they have a clinic, a um, medical clinic in there as well. And I think somebody rented out now also the restaurant. So they have a restaurant as well for the public, for everybody open. Wow. Wow. Now, every Saturday, Embrace Celebration meets uh, at a local... Um, at a local church there in celebration and it's it's people of different faiths people from the yes. community in large and they yeah. all gather at 11 30 and i have never seen so many meals uh put together so quickly this is the most I efficient know. group i have ever seen my, if you're if you're if you're seven minutes late you're halfway <laughs> through this thing <laughs> right. uh, and then and then uh, you know these vans get all loaded up and you head out along 192 to yeah. You know, you're literally out there playing Santa Claus every week, trying to get people food. Uh, Publix was it? No, who was it that uh, recently gave you so Publix? What yeah. we what we do is on uh, Tuesdays, a family from Wintermere is getting the Wintermere community together and make sure that every Tuesday my van is full with food, so I can deliver all families. On Fridays, the Illuminate Church is providing thirty to fifty food boxes what we deliver to the back lot for the families and saturdays we prepare our food boxes for our families in the hotel sites and also for the back lot so and then lots of people days, are contributing yeah. yeah yeah and then between the weeks when they need clothes shoes cosmetics they let us know and then we deliver extra days this kind of items so so Part of the reason why I really wanted Bettina here is because um, when we set out to uh, start our Wayfinder Society, our Patreon page at Disney at Work and Play, that's a, that's uh, associated with this podcast. I said, look, the first three months we are going to just take all of the donations and give oh, yeah, to so to Embrace of Celebration, and uh, which it are. It's Embrace Celebration, but it's embraceofcelebration.org. Yes. If you want to go to that website and check it out. And thank you, Dustin Meyer, who yes. is my, so my web guy who went and helped <laughs> out. He's with Libra Web and Marketing Solutions. And he, you know, graciously gave of his. This is how people are working in the community. Yes. They're all trying to help out in their own way with their own strengths. And it's it's really a beautiful thing. I, I have people who um, in our congregation who have you know, they have actual jobs elsewhere. One teaches at a university in New Mexico. Another is an engineer out in Arizona. They they can live anywhere. So they took their kids and came to Central Florida. And I said, well, if you want something really fun to do here, uh, come come join oh, <laughs> Embrace nice. Celebration on Saturday. So they've come, brought their families and helped out. And by the way, if you're in Orlando, come join us in Celebration. <laughs> you're going to see, you're going to see the real Epcot you know, kind of uh, <laughs> uh, made made real, and uh, and but more importantly, you see real people, and and these yeah. are people who, um, many of which, um, are cast me former cast members like Patina, like myself. Some are not, and we're out there serving cast members, 
and right. some who are not, but we're trying to help the community. And so yeah. I just wanted to invite everyone who wants to join Patreon, do it this month because we're taking all the donations and giving them directly to um, Embrace Celebration to help them. And we've got, there's lots of things. Every time I turn around, Bettina's got another thing she wants to do. <laughs> and so I, just how do we fund all her ideas and her dreams and what she's doing? <laughs> yeah, we need a lot of help. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot of support. But you know, but I'm I, thankful. Yeah. No, go ahead. So I'm thankful for everybody who's helping. I mean, it's it's really needed and I really appreciate everybody. And I want to say that you are just my hero, Bettina. I just oh. I just love your energy. She moves around. I mean, like <laughs> you got to you got to like just kind of keep your eye to the doorway cuz she's like in and out really quick. Because she's, she's taking care of 400 things at one time with 400 questions. And she's got this vision of how to help people. You know, I, I know that for people who are just wanting to get away from their troubles and come to Disney, the last thing you want to do is think about helping people with their troubles. But but honestly, you know what? In in this situation, when you, when you um, contribute to the Wayfinder Society, we're going to give you um uh interactive tools and very cool things that celebrate your love of disney while at the same time hey you're you're it's all going to a good cause so right. so you give I just, back yeah you're giving because you know uh they everybody is doing so much for us as well to give us joy right and it's a backlog 85 percent of disney cast members or most of them are fo uh, followed so most of them at the backlog are from Disney or worked for Disney. So we give them back. If nothing else, hey, just you. if nothing else, just remember the next time you're at Oktoberfest. <laughs> just and, and you're and you're wanting that strudel, that that cast member <laughs> is dealing with real issues just like you. Yeah, so be just 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 be patient, put on your patient pants. And and show care and concern wherever and whenever you can, even when right. you're in the most magical place on earth. So, yeah. Bettina, thank you, thank you so thank you much. much. You're thank awesome. You, you too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. When I talk about Disney leadership, Bettina absolutely embodies those those uh, strengths and. The magic of it all, but the fact that she walks and has walked in the shoes of others, understanding where they're coming from and and gives so freely of herself. She is she's truly an inspiration. I have mentioned the Wayfinder Society. This is our new program where you have the opportunity to enjoy exclusive offerings from Disney at play and Disney at work. We want you to join Wayfinder Society and your donation goes this month entirely to supporting Embrace Celebration. We offer four tiers for becoming part of all that we offer. The first two, Explore and Discover, are associated with Disney at Play and are focused on the fun facts and excitement that all of us enjoy as Disney fans. We have just some really wonderful interactive apps. We're in Pirates right now. We just released 
a whole exploration on Tokyo Disney Pirates of the Caribbean. Earlier, we explored, we compared all of the different Pirates of the Caribbean attractions worldwide. Uh, next month, we or next week, we are releasing uh, an exploration of Pirates of the Caribbean and Caribbean Plaza at Magic Kingdom. And before that, we actually uh, had a, uh, a big uh, interactive showcasing of Pandora World of Avatar with maps and videos. And it's just, it's a unique thing. And all of it is available to you for as low as $5 a month. So, so that's our first tier. And then for those who want to become navigators or adventurers, this is part of our Disney at Work. And here you're able to get interactive tools. We're right now exploring all the lands of Disneyland, but as we go through it, we're actually learning best in business practices that you can apply back to your own organization. And it comes with some really powerful stories and videos and examples. It's a fun, interactive experience. And, um, and then also we add some additional things as you become an adventurer, access to learning modules from performance journeys and um, upcoming participation and podcasts and so forth. So lots to see, check out, our, check out our Patreon page and just look at it again. It's an opportunity to give back to embrace celebration and all the work that uh, Bettina is doing. So definitely check it out. And again, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast in the words, a Sinbad storybook voyage as, uh, as written by Alan Menken. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.